What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. A very good afternoon to you and welcome to yet another exciting edition of your favorite business development program on radio, Masterclass. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. Masterclass is also brought to us by GCB. GCB, your bank for life. My name as always is Yabanafo and I'm happy to bring you today's edition of Masterclass. Last week here on Masterclass, we started a different conversation after we had ended with a startup dialogue series where we went into the market and spoke to some entrepreneurs who told us their stories. Essentially, that was meant to inspire those of us who have started our businesses and have hit a difficult patch, or those of us who are thinking of starting a business and thinking, in this economy, I can't do it. There were Ghanaians here on the show who shared their stories with us, and they're doing wonderful things, and that's it to inspire. And I hope that you are inspired as well, and you're going to start something soon if you haven't already. Here on the show last week, we had Mr. Yao Apialate of Deloitte, Ghana, who helped us go back to the classroom, if you like. Business 101, we're talking about how to build a credible business plan, how to build a credible business plan. Today, we're taking that conversation a bit further, and we're going to look at financing options for SMEs. After you've put your business plan together, what are the options of financing that are available to you? That conversation was straight to the point. I enjoyed it thoroughly, but we also realized that there was a lot of content in there because we got a lot of feedback and reviews during the week. I do hope that it helped your business as well. If you enjoyed last week's show, by all means, please stick with us today. Don't turn your dial away. Stay with us. And when we get interactive, we also want to hear your voice. But otherwise, what we're going to do today here on the show is to go straight to our conversation on financing options for SMEs. Mr. Yaapialati is back here in the studio with us, and he'll be sharing some additional thoughts with us. For those of us who missed the show last week and for continuity and flow of thought, we'll be doing a quick recap, if you like of the 10 pointers he gave us on how to put together a credible business plan. And after he's done that, he'll take us straight into today's conversation. We're also streaming live on Facebook. If you've just joined us, this is Masterclass here on the Superstation Joy 99.7. And uh, we'll be sharing some slides as well on Facebook. So for those of us who like to take notes, please follow the presentation on Facebook and you can pick up those points. But otherwise, yeah, you're welcome to the conversation again today. Thank you very much. I'm excited. As I came into the studio, I met one of your students, or should I say your mentees, <laughs> or your coaches, who said to say good afternoon to you. Okay. And the fact that you had done a great job coaching them yeah, and helping great. them in their career. Uh, good afternoon to you, Bridget, if you're listening. I've passed on your message, and I've done it on air. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, people sort of enjoyed the content last week. It was straight to the point. It wasn't tests. It wasn't difficult to understand. It wasn't complicated and convoluted. You know, mm -hmm. when we talk about financial things, sometimes it's just a, 
a bit of a put off. Yeah, and when start talking about cash flows and inventory and people just you know just switch off. Yeah. Another area I know that people switch off is this shipping. Because yeah. it's, you know there are areas where people I don't want to get I don't want to know. But you, you made it simple. You broke it down. And I hope that we continue in the same vein today and help our listeners to be better for it. Everybody wants to know, where's the money? Where do we find the money for uh, our businesses? How do we find money? Most people, you know, access, um, you know, venture capitalists or fund uh, managers available like EDIF, like Maslock, mm-hmm. like a few other places. And sometimes you hear the stories, even for banks. Yeah. They don't pay back. Yeah, they don't true. pay back not because they don't want to pay back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the reality is that it's a fine mix of indiscretion, indiscipline, mm-hmm. and just a general economic you know, existence. Yeah. But then you ask yourself that. In the same difficult economic existence, there are other people who are also borrowing money mm-hmm. and doing their business and paying back. Yeah, that's true. So what are we missing? What are the things to look out for? Let's have that conversation this afternoon, if you will. Good. Of course, with a quick recap from last week before we continue. Okay, so thank yes. you very much. I think the two topics uh, last week and then uh, the topic we have today are interlinked. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly, people prepare business plans to raise capital. And so today, our topic as uh, financing options for SMEs are interlinked and uh, they are connected to what we discussed last week on preparing a credible business plan. And last week, I introduced a term that is either a credible business plan or a bankable business plan. Mm-hmm. A bankable means that someone is happy to put his money on it or he's happy to put his dollar or CD on that business plan. So for you to build a credible or bankable business plan, we uh, went through some of the key contents or elements of a credible business plan. Uh, so we started with the fact that a business plan it's a document that allows investors to understand the company, its environment, its objective, risk, and then management of the company, and then take a decision whether or not to put their financial resources in the company. And so that document that you prepare uh, has to reflect some key elements, which we discussed last week, and I'm happy to go through all those key elements. Uh, so we started with the profile of the company. I said last week that you should be able to tell a story or a track record of your business. Uh, a track record or your story about your business gets somebody convinced. If you go uh, or you listen to any uh, storyteller and a guy is able to tell a very nice story, nobody even sleeps, even in church. <laughs> so when someone is preaching, a sermon is so good. <laughs> No, you hardly sleep. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. If you're a business owner and you want to tell a story about your, about your business, uh, it should tell or it should be chronological. It should follow a particular order. And the person should get a picture from when you started. Some people started their business in their bedrooms. They started their business in their offices. They even started in uh, garages and so on and so forth. And then all the way to where they are, it's like a very interesting story you want to follow. The reason why that's important is first, last week we understood that <clears throat> having uh, that conversation or um, being able to tell that story, uh, you are able to relay information to the third party that, look, this is where I've come from. These are all the challenges that I've been through. And all, with all these challenges, I've been able to survive. So I've gotten to this point. Also, there are some business that uh, go through certain cycles. And so there are some seasonalities in some business. So if you're able to tell the story that I've gone through all the seasons, all the cycles, <coughs> and I've survived, your business is credible and your management team is solid. They, are, they, they really understand the business. 
Secondly, we also came to the team. The team, you have two components of that. So the management team and the board of directors. Okay. Uh, as you know, for good corporate governance, you have separate management team and a separate board of directors. It's probably the MD or the CEO who is also a member of the board as well as part of the management team. Now, the management team, you should have people who've got the right qualification in terms of experience and educational qualification. So if you have the right people with the right experience and the right educational qualification, you sell your, your business plan will sell. The board of directors I mentioned last week should reflect a fair balance from various industries. It doesn't have to be um, one-sided where all your board of directors are all lawyers, they are all engineers, they are all bankers, they are all accountants, and so on and so forth. It has to be diverse so that um, when issues come to the board, it's discussed dispassionately, devoid of people's uh, backgrounds or what their uh, prejudices are. And then we went on to uh, governance. So governance is uh, what uh, it's happening or who is in charge of what in the business or the company. You should have clear segregation of duties. We said that uh, last or last week I mentioned that the reason why we have corporate failures is because of poor corporate governance. One person may be in charge of everything in the business. If you want to run it like that, just have an uh, what we call um, sole proprietorship, where you decide everything from beginning to the end. But if you want your business to grow, you want to start a business from a tabletop to become a multinational you have to have a proper corporate governance system. You shouldn't <clears> be a jack of all trades. No, you shouldn't be a jack of all trades. And you struggle, especially when your business begins to grow. You struggle uh, to do everything by yourself. So have proper governance, corporate governance system where other people are also helping in taking decisions in the business. There is, we spoke about product services or um, what you, you sell to customers to say. So your product or your service should be clearly described. If you have some uh, products that are unique in nature, what differentiates your product from the other uh, company? You should be able to describe it clearly. Like I said, if your product is all Ghanaian uh, or Ghanaian made, just state or state it clearly in your business plan. It gives comfort to investors that you are not exposed to any disruption in supply chain arising out of war or COVID or any of those uh, global developments. Also, I mentioned that if you have some unique services that you are offering to clearly state that in a business plan because your business plan is almost like a sales document you are selling the business so you should be able to define or describe it properly your procurement and manufacturing strategy and um, so where do you buy your raw materials from and then how do you process them i mentioned last week that if you have your raw material you buy your raw materials from uh, let's say in country you are able to sell the very good point you all make about local content that you are able to sell or you are supporting or promoting local content. Yeah. That's a very good thing. And the second thing about it is that not only are you promoting Ghanaian-made products, you are also uh, protecting yourself from exchange rates. Yeah. Uh, exchange risk. losses. Because if you are importing your raw materials, you have exchange rate risk. In the event that the CD depreciates, you have to find more CD to buy your raw materials. Yeah. So we also spoke about clients or customers. Who are your clients? You should diversify your clients or customers. You shouldn't be exposed to one or two customers. I gave an example of you selling to a particular client or a particular school. For instance, if you sell books and you are selling to one school, and that school makes up of 90% of your sales. 
if tomorrow that school decides the board or the head mister, mistress or master decides not to buy from you you do not have a business again yeah. then we have a marketing strategy how do you go to market have a cost effective marketing strategy marketing is important but it has to be cost effective mm -hmm. the cost of marketing should not be more than the value that you are getting from the marketing then there's no point advertising at all it's or like you're giving up money for free you are giving up money for free and then what you should know is that as your business grow your marketing strategy will also grow so there are so many businesses that are not on joy fm or are not advertising on joy fm today but in a year or two your product will be on joy news because you would have grown to that level so you should know where you find yourself there are cheaper ways of advertising use social media platforms that you have available linkedin twitter uh, facebook whatsapp and so on and so forth they are cheaper ways to do otherwise you spend so much money advertising mm -hmm. and you probably do not get the clients and i can give you a very good example my first interview after school was with a tobacco company and when we finished uh, the interview there were quite a number of us and one person asked them how do you advertise because we, we don't see your billboards we don't hear you on radio or tv <laughs> the head of marketing says something that i've never forgotten to date that we know where to find our customers and we get the, our products to them we don't advertise anywhere we know where to find our, we customers, to find our customers and we get our products we get our products to them so you should know where to find your customers and get your products to them you don't necessarily have to be on tv or radio you don't have to be on linkedin or whatsapp you just have to find your customers and know how to find your products to mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. the, the the other point you mentioned last week was competition um you should know what your competitors are doing or what they are thinking about doing and then you beat them to it uh, it's a business the customers benefit so we the consumers we benefit when you guys are competing so we enjoy that but you should know that if your competitors are controlling the market they detect a lot of the things including the price that of you sell course. the product so you should know what they are doing another point that i mentioned was regulation uh, regulation uh, one because your regulation can affect your business it can actually kill your business today Mm -hmm. tomorrow if there's a law that bans the product that you are selling yeah. it means you don't have any business at all right i mean i did an example or i did a business or um, uh, advice for a company mm -hmm. and one of the reasons why the investors backed off was the fact that the company was trading or doing something that the local authorities had banned mm -hmm. but they were not enforcing the ban so when they got to know that the local authority had banned it they didn't even invest in the company at all because if tomorrow another head or district mm -hmm. chief executive decide to enforce it you don't have any business at all then we spoke about financial projections we said be credible your credibility comes from your financial projections um you don't overstate your revenue mm -hmm. and understate your costs or overstate your cost for some reason don't overstate or understate um it doesn't help in the credibility we said credible business plan and not just a business plan mm -hmm. For someone to trust you, when he goes even behind you, he would even realize that you have been conservative in some of your estimates. Not that you have overly understated, mm. but that you do not even think that certain you have just you are just being prudent. That some of the expected uh, revenues you are not getting, or some of the costs that you put in your books, they are not real costs. Mm. They are notional costs. Some uh, business owners give loans to themselves, charge themselves high interest rate on the loans that they've given or they've given to the company to say. Mm -hmm. So they say the owner has given a loan to the company and his, the interest rate on his loan is 50%. Hey, really? 
even if you go to your bank, would they charge <laughs> a 50%? That's because you want to find That's a brilliant, a brilliant recap of, yes. of the conversation from yeah. last week. But I just wanted us to do that, to set the tone yes. you know, for today's conversation. So having put all of these things in place and built a business, a credible business plan, now where do you find the money? Yes, so I think uh, I will start with um, some of the challenges that SMEs have assessing capital or financing. Mm -hmm. I will start on that note because if you don't address that, uh, I'll point out you to all the various uh, sources or where to find the money. Mm -hmm. You go there, you don't get the money, and then you come and blame us that, oh, we didn't tell you about that. So I'll start on that. That's some of the key things that or hurdles that you need to overcome in order to easily assess capital or financing for your business, especially SMEs. Because for corporate, it's so easy to get some money because you have a very big balance sheet. Corporate, uh, they've got very big balance sheet. But for SMEs, you do not have that muscle mm. to play in that field. The first one is um, for most SMEs, they complain about high interest rates. Of course, the interest rate that you are going for is, uh, should be at a level where you can accommodate. I gave an example of a 50%, someone just giving a loan to the company at, mm -hmm. and charging 50%. So the owner of the business wants to collapse his own business that mm -hmm. he started. And then we have insufficient collateral. So a lot of SMEs, when they walk to the banks, they do not have collateral that's strong enough or that's perfected enough to help them secure the capital that they are looking for. So that's a big challenge that you, a big hurdle that you need to overcome. So in the event to all these things that you mentioned, if you don't have, there are options to get around it. So we discuss all of those. Then insufficient debt maturities. So your business is such that it's got a cycle. And so your cycle requires stable cash or a moratorium period where you don't pay interest until after one year. And you go to your bank today, maybe after six months uh, after contracting the loan, they expect you to start repaying. So it may not match what your business is looking out for. Then inability to assess your own risk. So there are some people who are in businesses, they don't even know the risk around the business. There are potential risk around the business and they are not able to even tell it in their business plan to see. Then we do not have enough angels. The reason why I say enough angels is that when you go to developed countries, we have what we call business angels. They can give you capital and say, look, keep this uh, money for the next five years. Use it to run your business. Uh, just support your business. I'm not charging any interest. After five years, just pay me the same capital I'm giving you. Yeah. These are what we call business angels. So we don't have a lot of business angels in Ghana. There are quite a few, but they are not readily available. Then we have limited access to equity investors, which are linked to the business angels, because the, these equity investors do not charge interest. They become part owners in the business. Then we have what we call complex process of raising the equity. There's a complex process of raising the equity. So if we are not ready to go through that complex process, you will struggle. And then the last one I will see is weak governance which is what, why I said it's interlinked with what we discussed last week. If you, your governance system is weak, and maybe I'll add this, not only your governance system, but your record keeping. A lot of SMEs do not keep proper records. Please get, they are graduate accountants who can help you keep proper records. How much sales you make a day, how much you spend a day. If you keep all those records, by the end of the year, you'll be able to prepare proper accounts. We don't wait to the end of the year pick some things, a lot of the things are in the, the heads of the business owners. That's not the right thing to do. Keep proper records. And if you don't keep proper records, you will struggle to raise financing. So these are the key challenges that SMEs go through in raising capital. And so I think 
I'll emphasize on about three or four key ones. Uh, the first one, I will say collateral. Uh, for most financial institutions, they will ask for some form of collateral or insurance. <clears throat> so if you don't have collateral, you struggle to get the capital. And then we have high interest rates. If the interest rate you are paying on your loan facility is over 20%, you know that, for instance, if it's 24%, um, over the period, every month, you'll be paying a very significant component of your uh, revenue or the income you are making uh, for uh, interest. And then poor record keeping. A lot of SMEs keep very poor records or bad records. And so if you are good uh, or you are poor at keeping records, you struggle to raise capital. So uh, those listening to us, you've heard all of this. You know the areas that you fall short. You are not keeping proper records or your governance system is very weak. Work on them. Address them. Because all these options that I'm coming to mention to you, some of them will require that you keep proper records. Some of them will require that you have proper corporate governance system. Some of them will require that you have a very good team that is managing the business. Some of them will require that you assess the regulation and the risk in your business. And you are not concentrated on one customer. Because if I'm giving you money to support your business, I don't want a concentration risk where you have one customer who is giving you all your revenue or 90% of your revenue. So if that customer for the sake of argument, if it's it no longer, up, yeah. you have no business. So these are risks that you should mitigate before you start conversation with these financiers that we are going to talk about. I mean, I think the three you've mentioned are key, but how about the issue of poor cash management? And I'm not even referring only to indiscipline. There was an example here on the show, I think, about two years ago, where the example was this, that a company had made sales of a particular product in end of year, end of month, or end of period. They had done so well in terms of targets of pushing the product out. But all of those products had been given out on credit, which was beyond the 30-day mark. So somewhere 60 days, somewhere 90 days. So they had no liquidity to work. Um, talk about this and then indiscipline under the umbrella of poor cash management as being one of the challenges to accessing financing. Because it will show you in the records that you submit. Yes. yes. So that's a very good point because mm -hmm. I know that for most SMEs, they haven't bought into the idea that a company is a distinct legal entity. It's a distinct legal entity because you, the owner, you are separate from the company. So if tomorrow the company you have registered gets into trouble, <clears throat> the company will be sued, not you, the owner. Mm. And so if you have this idea in mind, you cannot ask your case to walk to the company or to the shop, collect school fees, and nobody is recording it. You are taking a lot of drawings from the business. You are, uh, as soon as they sell, you take the money and then use it without anybody recording. So that's poor cash management. We do not separate the business from the owner and their families and the rest of it. And then also, when you uh, relax your credit terms, if you have relaxed credit terms, which is not commensurate with your payable terms, the people that you buy your products from, they expect to collect their money in one month. And yet, when you give credit, you give credit and ask your customers to pay after three months. So in one month time, when your, payable, your payables or the, your creditors come after you mm -hmm. to collect their cash, you are waiting in three months time to collect the cash. There's a significant mismatch. Mm. You rather do the reverse, where you collect your cash in one month, and then you are able to negotiate proper credit terms with your creditors. So by the time they come in one month, you would have collected, or in three months, you would have collected your cash one month ago, even invested it and ready to pay them. So if there is that mismatch where you are giving credit, that is not commensurate with what you are also getting from your suppliers. 
uh, you you struggle and that's a poor cash management mm. i mean it's important that we laid out what the challenges are because that's what most people identify with but having identified the challenges now where do they find the money yes so uh, it, it's <clears throat> it's strange that uh, having a, been a business advisor we've worked for several entities uh, or agencies or development partners like the world bank mastercard and all they run programs where they did what they, they do what we call access to finance and a lot of businesses they start the process and then they drop off they are not ready to go through the process of getting to the end where they assess the capital and so there are so many of those programs available and so i'll mention them and then if you want to follow uh, through with them check on some of these entities you will uh, be able to assess some capital from them the first one is, I would say, microfinance institutions. So we have uh, an agency or an entity called NEETS, so, and Delta Microfinance. They focus on financing SMEs. So you can search on them, NEETS Microfinance and Delta uh, Microfinance. So they focus on financing SMEs. So if you want to speak to them, uh, all the better. If, like I said, if your interest rate is something that you can accommodate, giving your cash flows, you should go for it. Then we've got government schemes. Under government schemes, we have what we call Ghana Enterprise Agency. During the COVID period, uh, uh, Ghana Enterprise Agency did so much. Uh, I think you know that this is what so many years ago we called MBSSI, National Board for Small Scale Industry. And they have now uh, metamorphosed to what we call Ghana Enterprise, Enterprise Agency. Agency. Yeah. Ghana Enterprise Agency have got what we call SME Support Fund. They have uh, what we call business resource centers across the country. So if you need any advice on your business, you walk to the resource center, they help you with that process and you assess some, some capital. We also have Maslock. Maslock provides support to SMEs. And so these are government schemes. So you call them uh, government support or financing schemes that are available. And then beyond the government support schemes, we've got government guarantees. So there's an agency in Ghana or an institution in Ghana here called GESAL. So uh, we have the Ghana Institutional Risk-Based Sharing System. It's a very long name, but we call it GESAL. And I'll mention uh, shortly where they are located so that if you want to walk in to help. So what GESAL does is that they provide guarantees to uh, particularly agri-based businesses. So agri-businesses. Uh, so you, you get a guarantee, you walk to a bank, GESA provide a guarantee that in the event that you are not able to pay, GESA will pay. So that guarantee is given to SMEs or business in agro-processing and then they get funding uh, from banks or financial institutions. So GESA is a very good uh, government institution. So it's like a go-between. Yes, it goes in between. So they give some form of insurance for you to be able to assess capital. Mm. So, of course, obviously, before they take you on board, they will go through a certain process. Be prepared to go through that process. Uh, don't think it's onerous. It is good when you go through one process because the next time you are moving to another investor, you would have gone through a previous process where you would have, uh, I would say, certified. You would have gone through the rigorous process of putting your books together, getting some documents together. So when you go to the next financial institution, they ask for it and you said, I have all of them available. Then we have what we call private equity. So private equity uh, companies or uh, institutions work in, they put in money in your business and they become part owners of the business. Private equity firms have got a period of about five to seven years where they exit. 
So when they put the money in the business, they will not charge you interest. What they will usually ask for is board membership or getting a seat on the board. They want to know what you are going to use the money for. They want to take or uh, be part of the decision on what you are using the money for. So they will ask for board seat or board, uh, seat, uh, let's say board membership uh, of one or two to sit on a board and then will help you recruit the right people into key technical areas. So if your business today, you require $5 million and they provide the $3 million, at least they need two people sit on the board. And with this, your $3 million, you want to expand. So if you are into fish farming, they will ask who is your farm manager. Your farm manager is someone that you have known so many years, but he probably may not have the technical know-how because with the $3 million you are going to invest, you are going to bring in some new equipment. So they will help you recruit the right people to run the business. So private equity firms are very, very important in helping your business transform, grow, because for them, they will also want a return on their investment by the time they exit in five to seven years. So as your business grows, their portion grows and you, your interest also grows. So if they are 30% shareholders and you are growing your business and you double your profit or you triple your profit, you get 70% of profit that has been tripled and they get only 30% of the profit that has been tripled. Mm -hmm. So that's a fantastic uh, partnership to have. Right. And then you've got what we call grants. So grants are available from GIZ, German uh, Corporation or German Development Corporation. Uh, it's available and we have what we call the Invest for Jobs. So, like I said, I'll go to the next section where I'll show you where they are located. You can all find these uh, institutions. Then we've also got banks, <clears throat> banks or financial institutions in general. So, for some banks, they have special um, credits available to youth-led and women-led businesses. So, you can walk to some particular banks where you have some um, funds available. So, GCB bank have have got uh, they've got something like that uh cow bank has got something like that cbg has got something like that so work with these financial institutions describe what you do and then if you qualify as one of those smes that they give or advance credit to they'll be happy to provide some credit for you to uh, expand your business then we have what we call crowdfunding that's also a very innovative uh, term or thing that's in the system it's also available for SMEs, then we've got the venture capital. So in Ghana, you've got a venture capital trust fund that invests in strategic industries or sectors of uh, the economy. So if you're an SME and you fall in that sector, venture capital trust fund will make some funds available for your business to expand and grow. So these are uh, the various options that um, SMEs have in terms of where to get the capital. So I'll describe this source broadly as what we call debt and equity. So debt means that you pay interest on some of these sources. So the ones that you're getting from banks and financial institutions in general, you are likely to pay some interest. But because they are designated funds for SMEs, their interest rates are relatively cheaper than you walking to any bank at all behind your house or behind your business area and asking for a loan or taking a personal loan. Remember, the lending is your SME, your business that's operating in an agri-business area or you are a youth-led or women-led business, you are classified as such. 
and so instead of paying interest at 23 percent 24 percent you end up paying 15 percent or 12 percent because that is the threshold for business who qualify for those funded so that's for on the debt side then we have the equity side like i mentioned before uh, private equity venture capital trust and all of those who bring equity equity means that when they <coughs> bring the money they will not ask for regular interest their only uh, request will be that they participate in management of the business or sitting on the board and also a return on their investment at the time that they are exiting so after five to seven years they want to exit take their capital away and then sell it to another person or even give it back to you at that time they would want a certain return so they are part owners until the until such time that they exit the business very interesting information i'm sure that we'll be getting interactive very shortly but i'm particularly interested in the clarity of where to find the money and the different types of resources that are available i see here on our slides that we have a tall list of the schemes available in ghana i'm sure we'll go through that very quickly but before yeah. we do that we want to get, get interactive and before we get what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Interactive, we take a quick message from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Your favorite on-air business development program, Joy Business Masterclass, is in session. And you can interact with us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM or at Joy Business GH. Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 0302-216541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 0551-111997 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention everyone, class is in progress. Welcome back. If you've just tuned in, this is Masterclass here on your Superstation Joy 99.7. We're spending time here in the studio with Mr. Yao Apialati of Deloitte, Ghana. And today we're continuing the conversation we started last week. Last week we talked about how to build a credible business plan. Today we're talking about financing options for SMEs. Where do you find the money? Interesting thoughts that have been shared here. Phone lines are now open. We're interactive. You can send us uh, your message on 0551111997 or your questions or comments as well to the same number, 0551111997. Or you can pick up that phone and give us a call, 0302-216-541. If you're driving, please, we want you to arrive alive. So do not text while you drive or do not speak on the phone while you drive. Pack off gently and then pick up that phone. Give us a call, 0302-216-541. Or send us your comments or questions on 55 
0302-111-1197. If you've got any motor vehicle of any kind, Goyle has some great news for us. Goyle is rewarding all of its prepaying go customers with up to 2% litre discount on all fuel purchased. Elevate your goodness by joining the Goyle Go Club today and enjoy up to 3% litre discount on all fuel purchased. Amazing discount on all lubricant purchases also apply. So join the Goyle Go Club today by visiting any of our Goyle filling stations or offices. Goyle, good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. Masterclass today is also brought to us by GCB. GCB, your bank for life. Phone lines are now open. 0302216541 or you can send us your comments on 05511111997. I've got a caller on the line. Good afternoon. You're welcome to Masterclass. Yeah, good afternoon. Your name and where you're calling. Yeah, my, my name is Benjamin from Adenta. Good afternoon, Benjamin. Talk to me. Yes. Interesting discussion. Thank um, you. We have the Exim Bank. I actually didn't hear that bit maybe because I had power uh, outage a moment when your program started. Uh, if your guest can also probably throw light on that, the Exim Bank, um, what purpose does it serve? Because I understand it's supposed to extend credit to businesses. And we have a lot of poultry farmers who can benefit millions of cities from the Exim Bank, but they're always complaining there's no capital. So what is the purpose of the Exim Bank? Is it a political situation to serve political interest or is for every business person? Now, the... There, there are certain, uh, you know, policies, even the COVID-19, uh, you have a lot of policies by the government. People are always complaining that when they apply for such funds, they don't get it. If your guests with his experience at Deloitte can throw light on that so that we are better educated, because sometimes people send their business proposals and they end up data protection issues in wrong hands, and the same businesses are being done elsewhere, but the people never get the funding, either through political connections or wherever. Now, the banking sector, the banks, I happen to have friends who borrowed money from the banks and their assets were seized, the collateral, because they couldn't pay back. There was no program to help them uh, whatsoever. What, whatever the bank was interested in is just a collateral. But oftentimes, Bank of Ghana publishes reports, and we hear that the banks declare millions of cities, sometimes hundreds of millions of cities, as bad debt, and they are forgiven. So what kind of businesses benefit from those debts? Because at the end of the day, it is our taxes. So my question is, some businesses, SMEs, borrow money. They, they, they end up seizing their assets. Some borrow money, and they walk free. Which category of people walk free? Thank you. Very interesting question there. I think it's quite clear on the question that he's asking. Um, bad debts, recovery, NPLs, and also the, the role of Exxon Bank. Yeah. <clears throat> you have another caller on the line. I do. Okay. Yeah, if you can just make a note of that. Okay. So he had two questions, the role of Exxon Bank, mm -hmm. and then which category of customers get to work away, MPLs, bad debts. Good afternoon. You're welcome to Masterclass. Your name and where you're calling from, sir. Hello. Yes, good afternoon. Your name and where you're calling from, my sir. Name is, yeah, uh, my name is um, I was calling to ask about, I was enjoying your program so far uh, regarding finance and business plan. Thank you, But sir. then, um, in Ghana, we don't have a very sophisticated um, financial system. Uh, only can say investment. So I wanted to know about convertible notes, um, convertible preferred stock and debentures. If you want to issue those those type of instruments to raise capital, how do you go about it? And then, yeah. Okay, right. Please keep listening. We'll try and answer that question quickly. Convertible notes, debentures. Do you want to know how you can go about that in Ghana? Do we have another caller? We're waiting for the phone lines. So let's, so let's address those two questions. Okay, great. So I think um, the Ghana Exam Bank, similar to uh, what I mentioned about Gesell, 
So Ghana Exim Bank has a broader scope <coughs> compared to Gesa. Gesa is more focused on agri, where they provide guarantees to business operating in agribusiness. So with that guarantee, you are able to get uh, lending from a financial institution. So same thing with Exim Bank. They also provide support or guarantees to business in specific sectors. So if your business fall in that sector, or you are able to go through a certain process where you get qualified for support and funding from a financial institution, Ghana Exim Bank provides that support as well. So we are happy to go to their website as well, get some additional information on their requirements. The problem is that we hear about these things, but we don't search on the entity and what they are looking for. The second one <coughs> I would say is MPLs. MPL is connected to my first part of the discussion, and I think the caller mentioned that uh, there are people who work to the banks and they get the money, others who work there and they don't get the and money. And some work away free, that's what he said. Because, yeah, example. <laughs> because it's, it's, it's reported as NPL. So. It's reported as NPL. <coughs> um, um, I'll advise a lot of businesses not to do that. Yes, the business or the bank will write off as bad debts or a non-performing loan. So at some point, they will be chasing you and then they will just forget about it because it's been written off. But these days, you have credit reference bureau. Your report will be somewhere. So yeah. if you walk to the next financial institution, it will be flagged that you collected or you took money from one financial institution and you did not finish paying and you ran away. So do not, as a business, start on a very bad note like that. You will not get money from other financial institutions in future. So certainly some people can get away with it because they are ready and they take on the risk. But please, if you want to do a credible business and you want to be a trusted partner by most financial institutions, don't start on that note. Be someone who is credible, who pays whenever um, you get money. And then inability to assess credit. I think we've mentioned that, yeah. that you are not able to assess credit because of some of the factors I mentioned before. And then what we call convertible and then debentures. Convertible may, it means that money that someone is giving to you as a loan. But there's an option for the person to convert to equity. So if the person has given you 10,000 Ghana cities and you are not able to pay, you say that, okay, that, that 10,000 Ghana cities convert to equity and become 20% shareholder in the business or 50% shareholder in the business. So that's what we call convertible um, debt or con convertible notes. It has an option to convert to equity. Okay, and then his question was, is that possible here in this? <clears throat> yes, it, it is possible. So all of these things, in fact, our new companies act has got that outlined and it defines it. And so as a business, you have the... Uh, prerogative to decide on okay. whether you want to take on convertible debt and so on and so forth. Okay. And then you have debentures. The debenture is tied to an asset. So in the event that you default, the person can come and take an asset in the business and so on and so forth. So it can be floating or it can uh, be a fixed uh, something on your asset. Right. Got another caller on the line. Good afternoon. You're welcome to Masterclass. Your name and where you're calling. Right. Okay. Please call back. We definitely want to hear. But I've got some comments on social media. This one is from Jane. As masterclass, where do I get in touch with these companies? Okay, so where to find them is what is what you will close with. You will close with that. I'm particularly interested in those who will want to be a part of the business for a number of years. That's Jane. Jane, please keep listening. We'll tell you where to find them. Uh, I've got another comment. This is Sami from Kotobabi. Sami says, awesome program. You've taught me a lot today. Thank you for this program. Please let it... Please, is it advisable to start a business with a loan from a bank? Uh, this is a direct question from Sami. Is it advisable to start a business with a loan from a bank? Well, it's a yes and no. It's yes in the sense that if you have a strong collateral to start a business with, you are happy to or I'll advise you to go ahead and do it because there are some businesses that if you put 
thousand Ghana cities in, or you start with thousand Ghana cities, it will not be sufficient for you to get the product to customers. And so, if you want a third-party financing and a bank loan is that option, and you have enough collateral to start with, happy for you to do. But it is usually not advisable to start with uh, debt in a business, especially if you have equity or you have some available funds from particularly family and friends who can give to you mm. at zero interest. That right. is a preferable option. Okay. I've got uh, Adam from Tema. Adam says, thank you for the refresher course on how we can obtain funding through properly prepared business plans. Questions. Separation between composition of the board and management. Will that not increase the cost structure? Lastly, regulations and corporate governance tends to delay processes, bureaucracy. I congratulate our experts for his smooth delivery. But let's go back to his question. It says, will the separation of uh, powers, if you like, between the board and management not increase our cost structure? Yeah, so that's a very good question you've asked. And I think a lot of business think that way. That's why they decide to do a three-man business where nobody is involved. Mm -hmm. You have friends who are lawyers. You have friends who are accountants. You have friends who are engineers. You have friends who have some expertise. Please invite them to be part of your board. It is not a, f a family and friends thing. It is you relying on their expertise. And the okay. board meeting does not have to be a whole day. You can do Zoom meetings and make it cost-effective, like mm -hmm. I said. There are cost-effective ways of doing that. Right. For the management team, you have people who have to be there every day to take records of your sales and so on and so forth. You have to pay them. Mm -hmm. By your board members, you agree on something and pay something quarterly. There are certain allowance, which I think as a business, you should be prepared to go through. Okay. Right. Please keep your comments coming. We've got a few more, but let's go straight to where to find um, the locations. Okay. And, so then, I'll, and then once we're done with that, we sort of bring the conversation um, to a close. Good. So I'll start with the list that I have here, <laughs> yeah. and then I'll go back to the previous uh, one that okay. I discussed. We can do all before. of that in, in, two, in two minutes. Yes. So German uh, Development Corporation, they are located on number seven Volta Street. So those of you who know National Service Secretariat at airport, you will find GIZ there. They provide support, technical assistance, and financing mm. to businesses. We've got the Export Development and Investment Fund. They are located at Ghana Olympic Committee Building at Rich. So you can find them there. We have JICA, Japan International Corporation Agency. They are also located on Senchi Airport Residential Area. I think Airport Residential Area has got a lot of development partners who support businesses. So if you work there, you'll find them. Then you have Empretec. Empretec is located at East Legon. So you search for Empretec. These days, your Google map can help you find Empretec. Uh, Danida is also located at um, uh, Northridge. So you find uh, Danida at Northridge. Africa Project Development Facility. APDF is also located on the Independence Avenue, uh, number three Independence Avenue IFC building. They are also available to support you. And then we have Department for International De Development, DFED. Uh, these days, you've got the Foreign uh, Commonwealth Office. Uh, 